Hey, this is Dave Pryor for The Reluctant Agilist. Today, I have somebody with a very important and very new and very exciting job. So Melissa Box is here. She is the Chief Scrum Master for the Scrum Lines. Melissa, thank you for taking time out of your day. Hey, Dave. No, I'm excited to be here. Um, so before we talk about your job, which I'm sure a lot of people want to get to know more about, can you give a little bit of your background and, and kind of how you came to this new role that you've been in for, well, only a month now, right? Months, yep. Okay. So my journey with Scrum and with Agile started just about 10 years ago and almost by accident. So the organization that I was working as a QA manager in at the time, we were releasing monthly. We were having these planning meetings. And at the end, after we released, we'd have a little meeting to talk about how things went. And then at one point, we realized that that was actually a thing. <laughs> and that Scrum was a framework, and we were actually already aligned pretty closely to it just because of the needs of our business. And so I was kind of appointed, go find out what the Scrum thing is, and um, I fell in love with it. So I became a Scrum master rather than a QA manager. Okay. In the same organization. Um, I guess technically I still had the QA manager role, but we kind of reorganized and um, were working as a scrum team and I was acting as the role of a scrum master. Um, and from that point, I haven't turned back. Um, I've done, you know, scrum mastering and then went on to kind of expand my reach to more of an organizational level as an agile coach Um Prior to all of this, I had kind of a learning and organizational development background, so they kind of married, which okay. was exciting. Um, and so, yeah, I've been in a number of organizations as an in-house coach, as a permanent employee, and then I spent about a year and a half consulting before this amazing opportunity kind of presented itself, and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't turn away from the opportunity to be. To be chief scrum master for the organization that I had been aligned with, you know, for almost a decade. That's awesome. That's great. I'm going to ask you all about this job in a second, but I didn't know about the QA part. So I want to ask you this first. Um, how does coming or how has, how did coming from a QA background affect your approach to being a scrum master? Because to me, QA is always like, I mean, I, I was a career project manager, which is a pretty sucky job. And, I would look at the QA people like that is literally the only job I want less than my job. But every time I talk to QA people, they're like, I have the greatest job in the world. Um, so how does, how does it affect your approach to Scrum Master? Oh, that's a really interesting question. You know, I, the funny thing is, so my, my manager at the time, the one who had said, hey, go find out what the Scrum thing is, had said that he felt like um, – that the two aligned really well, quality and then the the idea of of supporting a team and servant leadership. In that, building quality in, um, and helping the team kind of own that quality was a big part of helping the team be successful. Okay. And so that always kind of stuck with me. Um, I also just you know I'm sure it shaped how I worked with teams because I always felt for if you're in a scrum team but you're still kind of working in a mini waterfall way right 
we're developing for eight out of the 10 days of the sprint. And then you QA folk, you have two days to get this, you know. Right. Or like an hour. <laughs> right. That, you know, I think I always had an empathy for that. And it helped me to really drive cross-functional teams and let's build this in early. And, okay. Uh, and drive is not the right word, but, you know, support and um, encourage. To en- Yeah, I was going to say encourage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and to be able to explain why and to literally say, I've been, I've, been yeah, I've the done guy, that job, you know, at the end of that mini waterfall, let's not do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, that's, I think that the empathy part is really interesting. That's a really good way of explaining it. Um, all right. So let's talk about your new gig. So you were working, doing consulting work, and then you take a job at the Scrum Alliance, they've never had this job before. Nobody's ever had this job before. They're forcing you to work with Sublet. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Love you, Howard. Um, what is the job and how does it work? So as you can imagine, I answer this question at least once a day, if not more, <laughs> about the answer to that question. And, you know, my first answer really is, if you want to know what I do, go back to the Scrum Guide. However, um, the job description itself was really built around the principles behind being a Scrum Master. And yes, it's at a meta level. You know, it's at an organizational level. It's um, working across the entire team, which is still under 50 people, um, and with the board of directors. But at the end of the day, it's helping the team collectively live the scrum values. It's building in feedback loops and it's removing impediments. And if you look at the job description, you can almost boil all of it down to what's in the scrum guide and to those main things. So, so what kind of feedback loops? Is it in terms of like managing people or? Um, You know, part of it is, really just helping us to practice Scrum. Okay. And live Agile principles. Um, And so, you know, feedback loops might be around our products. They might be around how we work together. They might be, and and all of this sounds very abstract. So um, I'm not claiming that I've done all of this. No, well, it's it's a job that never existed before. So it would have to be abstract coming into it, right? Exactly. And, and I've said that, to everyone who asked me, I, I'll just say, like, I get that question a lot. Well, what are you going to do? And, and it would be irresponsible of me to say that I know right now, and very unagile, by the way. I think you should say I'm going to make them do Scrum the right way. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still building a kind of a mental map of okay. what it is. Um, but, you know, I'm looking for ways all over the place to build in feed, feedback loops. Um, I'm looking for ways that we can better self-organize and, you know, making the skills and the resources, and I don't mean people, but I right. mean tools and things that we need for those teams to continue down that journey. Now, I'm nobody's savior. They've been working on this for quite some time. Um, And so there are some teams in Scrum Alliance that are just fantastically agile. And of course, we'll continue to to go down that journey. 
Um, so I'm just here to kind of help get the blockers out of the way and, you know, provide some, the word coaching is overused, but you know, I've been in other encouragement and support. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, so there are multiple teams within the organization and they're using scrum and it's sort of like a roll up thing, but you're there to help the the organization overall get their heads around this. Exactly. Um, And to convene, I mean, they have product owners and scrum masters and they have their teams. Um, So like one of the first things I can say um, that I'm, I'm working on is convening those product owners and those scrum masters, because especially the scrum masters, that's a weird job. Those of us who've done it, we know it's a weird job and it's super helpful to have other scrum masters around that you can have conversations with and be like, so I had this weird thing. <laughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, listen to what the guy did in my daily stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, to give them that community um, beyond, in addition to a greater community. Um, in the office. Okay. Okay. So you guys are all based in Denver. Is everybody located in Denver or do you have people spread around other than Howard and Lisa? Most of us are in Denver. We have, um, under employees, um, who have been around with us for quite some time and are excellent at being remote employees. Okay. Um, yeah, the majority of us are here actually in Westminster, which is a suburb of Denver. Okay. Um, when you were coming into this job, since it's a brand new thing, can you, can you comment on sort of like what hopes you had for this job? I mean, outside of the organization, you're, you, you are literally the first, I believe, Chief Scrum Master ever. So what was it you were hoping that you would be able to craft this job into being? Hmm. We certainly had, and by we, I mean, uh, Howard and I had a lot of conversations about wanting to be a model, but it's interesting to say that when you don't know what's coming next. And so, um, not directly answering your question, but what I'll say is that one of the hopes that we had was that we would be able to document this journey and, you know, regardless of what happened that people would go along on the ride with us. Yeah. um, We actually have a section of our website as scrumalliance.org slash unscripted and unscripted is intended to be kind of a collection of those stories. So his stories, my stories, the stories of our team at Scrum Alliance. And so one of our goals was just to, to share because again, this is brand new and we, we only vaguely knew what we were getting into, which is what makes it so exciting, right? There's so much that we can actually do um, to shape this. And we are living this from values deeply and widely. Yeah. I think it's, 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 to me, it's really interesting the way that you've both approached this. And I, and I talked with Howard a lot about it as well. Um, that it is this evolving thing. And he mentioned something to me about um, another organization that had restructured itself and switched, whoever was the head of the company had switched and given up that title and become a chief product owner. And I want to comment on this and and see what you have to say about it. But to me, when I heard that story, that is 
an incredibly like ground shaking impactful thing because the scrum alliance has been criticized in the past by people that are members of it for not using scrum not following scrum and it has reached a point where not only is is it using that stuff i mean they've had coaches in there for a while but now they are a leading model of how to restructure your organization to be more agile and more in sync with the scrum approach to work and that that's inspiring change in other companies is that's literally changing the world of work on a grander scale. All right, we're done. We can go home now. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, have you had experiences like that? Have you talked to anybody who's, who's come to you and said, I, you know, I really want to know how you're doing this. I want to learn from you. I want to be able to adopt this at my company. I haven't had anyone who is like changing their title on the spot. Um, Okay. But the funny thing is, right. It's not about the title at all. And I think that's one of the most impactful things about this is that the title allows us to make some decisions or changes that are necessary for the change. But for the most part, we both approach this from very much of a servant leadership perspective. And one of the reasons that I was excited to join this role is I knew Howard would do that. And so while I haven't had anyone come to me and say, you know, I want to have the same title or I want to change my title, um, I'm hoping that we kind of inspire this tidal wave of servant leadership and the approach that we're taking. And that's part of the reason that we are trying to be so transparent is, you know, I wrote a blog a week or two ago about how difficult it is to wrestle with your ego when you are in a role like this but you want to be a servant leader and you're new and you're trying to like um, prove your worth in those first couple of weeks. And you have to just keep, you know, tempering that and going, no, like my job is to listen and to be, you know? Um, And so that's, you know, that's what I hope we actually inspire, not, Oh, I'm going to change my title and more the principle, right. Than the practice. It's like, we talk about, so you're not like, look at me, I'm a rock star. I'm the first one of this ever. Um, so beyond ego, what has been, what do you find is the most challenging part of trying to do the job of Scrum Master for an organization? I think my answer right now is going to be really different in probably six months, right? Okay. That's so okay. Right I'm going to bother you in Austin too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> we have a couple challenges right now. Um, One is just, it is a new role. And so for Howard and I both, it's kind of figuring out our role and our role with each other and then our role with our leadership team and the organization itself. And so, you know, we have job descriptions, we have expectations, um, but that's not necessarily the day-to-day. And so there are little things that come up that, you know, we kind of look at each other and we're like, okay, is this me or you, or does it fall in the middle? Um, and then how does this play, you know, with, with our, our leadership team? Um, and so that's, you know, one of the challenges and the other is just learning it all. I've been doing one-on-ones with every member of our team, um, two a day, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Wow. And just trying to learn as quickly as I can, the human being, and what are their strengths, where are they, you know, where do they feel the strongest, 
And how does that all kind of tie together into a mental map for me beyond just, okay, here's these four or five departments, you know, that doesn't tell me very much at all. And how many people are at the Scrum Alliance? At last count, don't hold me to this, but 48 or 49. Something, okay. something just under 50. It's a good, so, I mean, that's a lot um, of conversations to have every day. It is, but it's worth it. I mean, that is how I get this mental map that I keep talking about, you know, and, and that mental map changes in time. It evolves just like the organization does, but I need kind of a snapshot of where we are right now um, just to see where I can be of most service. Okay. So I have sort of a weird question for you. Um, you mentioned, you talked about empathy earlier in QA and for me, when I talk about the role of Scrum Master in my classes, I've started to really lean on the idea of it being a social engineer. Like I, I'd say that, you know, developers hack code, Scrum Masters hack people. Um, I'm wondering if you have a similar, like some kind of view of the role of Scrum Master that is kind of outside the bounds of Scrum, but just something that you've discovered and found like this is the key for, for me to doing this job. And how is that evolving as you move into this chief scrum master role? Ooh. So I definitely understand when you say, um, did you say social engineer? Yeah, social engineering. Um, you, you hack people. <laughs> um, certainly here where you're coming from, I would, um, my only question would be, is there a hint of kind of manipulation there? So I wouldn't, well, okay, so can we talk about that for a second? Because I'm curious to hear what you think about this. This, this comes up a lot. Um, people say that, you know, social engineers are about manipulation. And to me, one, I don't have a negative connotation with manipulation. I mean, I think in every interaction we have, I mean, if you go all the way back to the art of war, every interaction is there's something you want, there's something they want. So it's always a negotiation. And you employ different practices to achieve a desirable outcome that hopefully is beneficial to both people. Um, I would say a scrum master hacking a team can be the same as a parent hacking a child. It doesn't have to be negative. Okay. I hear that. Um, I think where I might differ, maybe. Okay. For a second. Um, I approach scrum mastery and coaching scrum masters and working with teams very much from a coaching perspective and in coaching you're not coaching to an end right in coaching to help the individual or the team find their own way and discover strengths and things in themselves that maybe they would have found eventually but you just help accelerate that discovery of yeah. what they have inside of them and you know Lisa Atkins kind of hits on it in her book that agile coaching is a little bit different because you may not be coaching to a specific end, but you are aligning to, you know, some values and principles. So that makes it a little bit different. Yeah. But largely, you know, I see it as helping them find their way and discovering those things in themselves. And along the way, you're probably educating, you know, you're probably helping them, to better understand and then embrace the agile values and principles. 
And so, um, you know, there's an element of coaching, there's an element of education, and then there's the kind of tactical, like, I'm going to go get some of these obstacles out of your way. Okay. And when you ask about um, approaching the Scrum Master role with that mindset, I think the only difference, maybe there are two differences. One, it's the entire organization. Right. And two, I'm not a humongous fan of hierarchy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) However, being in specific roles that have implied authority do allow you to get obstacles out of the way. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That was very diplomatically said. I think it's really interesting what you said about approaching it from a coaching perspective, because that dovetails so well with what you said about ego earlier. Um, And I also know, so for me, my limitation as a coach I found was I can only watch people do stuff like to a bad end so many times before my response, just stop, do it like this. Like I go full (laughs) on control because I can't take it anymore. And I know that I shouldn't do that, but I can't stop. Um, How do you, so you, you know, with what you just said about there are some benefits to to that structure at times. It, it allows you a platform maybe to, to kind of mansplain what you just said, provide you with an opportunity to maybe smooth the path for something to happen. Is that fair? Yes. I was trying to discern if that was a question. Well, it's leading towards a question eventually. <laughs> um how do you kind of reconcile those things? Because if you come from a coaching mindset, you want them to discover their own truth or whatever it is. But now they're saying, and here's this stick you can use if you need to. How do you it balance is, that? It is a daily practice to balance those things. Okay. <laughs> I think the thing that helps me, <laughs> I'm not accustomed to having that stick. And so I guess it makes it a little bit easier to kind of stay in that coaching mindset. And it probably feels a little weird when you would like, if you suddenly find it in your hand, like, Oh yeah, I know I'm not supposed to touch this thing. <laughs> yes. And, and if you kind of build into that, you know, the whole thing I referred to earlier about ego, being new and job, I mean, Now you're in a job, you're not used to having a stick, and most of you doesn't want the stick. Right. Also, you know, in the blog I talked about how there's a part of you that feels like you have something to prove, right? It feels like you have to um, show why you were hired and that you deserve to be here. And I think that's natural in any job. You know, yeah, but every- I bet it doesn't help that you have the entire CST and, and, and the coaching community coming after you, telling you what they personally want you to fix in the Scum Alliance. You know, I expected that. And I'm, okay. not, I'm not saying that I haven't gotten some feedback, but largely they have been incredibly supportive. Oh, that's good. Okay. I'd like to think that it's because we are 
living it, you know, that we are going down the path that um, we are living these values. Yeah. And they see that. And, but I have gotten so many just soulful and heartwarming emails and messages from coaches and trainers. And I didn't earn any of that. Right. It's just that as an organization, we made a very risky, but hopefully a very powerful decision. And I am the fortunate one who gets to step into these shoes and I get to do it with Howard who, yeah, you know, is an amazing, amazing human. I couldn't ask for a better person. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, do you, what if people want to come and see you? Do you have any events coming up where they can come and see you speak? I have a couple. Um, I will be at Lean Agile US um, in Florida on the 25th of February. Okay. Um, my pet topic these days, um, and this is even prior to joining Scrum Alliance, is exhaustion is not a status symbol. Um, and so I, I love having discussions with people about sustainable pace. I think we should do a whole other podcast about this topic. Oh, you could, I would I am a walking sleep deprivation experiment. I think this would be a great conversation to have. We'll need three days, three days. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> I just actually just spoke last night, uh, here at Agile Denver on this topic. And, and I say spoke, but it's really a conversation. Um, so, um, all of my talks this year are around that. So lean agile and then here in a couple of weeks, I'll be at agile DevOps West in Las Vegas in June. Okay. Um, and then actually, um, in May at our Austin gathering, I am a co-speaker and my husband is actually speaking on agile and education and his experience in the classroom. I get a lot of coaches and trainers who approach me knowing that my husband has done this work mm -hmm. and don't know how to approach teachers to say like, Hey, my kid's kindergarten teacher. Um, you know, I'd like to help you and see if we can add agile to your classroom. And so a lot of the session is just about how it's not that different and kind of our experience in doing this together, but he is the primary speaker and I am his co-speaker. That's awesome. That's so come to Austin. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I did one in Paris once with my wife and my daughter, which was really cool. It's fun to do that stuff as a family. Yeah, um, awesome. All right. So they can come see you at any of these events or Austin and I'll make sure to include links to them. What if they want to just reach out and get in touch with you and ask you more questions about this or about how to talk their companies into changing? Sure. Um, so I can always be reached at mboggs at scrumalliance.org. And I'm also pretty active on Twitter, so you can find me at Hummingbird Agility, and I'll give you that spelling because it's missing some vowels. <laughs> um, but at Hummingbird Agility on Twitter or on LinkedIn. All right. Cool. This was really great. I, I am very grateful to you for taking time out for this, and I hope we can get together in Austin and maybe talk about exhaustion a little bit um, and the other things that you have going on. But I want to wish you great luck in this new job. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun, Dave. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks. Mm -hmm.